This is but a taste of the terror that Saruman will unleash. Ride out and meet him head on. You must fight. I will not risk open war. Open war is upon you, whether you would risk it or not. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. When I lose my way, and I forget my name, remind me who I am. In the mirror, all I see is who I don't want to be. Remind me who I am. In the loneliest places When I can't remember what grace is Tell me once again Who I am to you Who I am to you Open war is upon you Whether You'd risk it or not today on the Christian Car Guy Show. How fun. That's an interesting topic, you got to admit. And then, you know, you got to love that song, Remind Me Who I Am. And so we have a really, really, really cool, I think you're going to be so glad you tuned into today to the Christian Car Guy Show. Not only are we live, but we're live from the Men's Summit, which is here in North Carolina. But we're live with the team from Lantern Rescue. Now, some of you that are listen to the truth network are very familiar with land and rescue and what they do in the sex trafficking field going around the world um helping out in this area but some of you have never heard of it because you're not necessarily in the same network so we have the team mark ren tc and alan with us you know one of the rare opportunities i get to do this so i thought well how cool we'll take them on the christian car guy show and, and go live so if you've ever wondered about this stuff and this team goes all over the world um, rescuing people from this, and you're going to hear so many stories along those lines. And so, well, we'll just start off with Ren. Yeah, so thank you so much for having us on today, Robbie. Um, so we're with Lantern Rescue. It's an organization that travels the world and rescues victims of sex and human trafficking. We go in and train local law enforcement to become counter-trafficking task forces, and they're able to continue the rescues while we're either in another country or back home in America. And we've really been blessed the last couple of years. Uh, many doors have opened. We're operating in about six countries right now. And we've, uh, we've seen incredible growth and just amazing things happen. And countless victims are rescued every day. And it's really, it's really been amazing to be able to work with Robbie as well and spread our message through the Truth Network and you know, do God's work in this, in this industry and help people. Yeah, that's so cool. And, and Mark, <laughs> you know, you guys have your own, you know, you, this is a car show, so it's okay. We got some car stories. Like, can you imagine? Um, you're in some country. Take us there, Mark, to a short, you know. <laughs> we were just as a team talking before the show that uh, we were trying to remember if we've ever had a vehicle that air, had air conditioning, first of all. Uh, and I know that uh, we could put a pretty cool tape together of the sounds that all our cars make <laughs> and uh i mean they are uh, the you know everything a mechanic and everybody on the christian car guy show would say that car is not going to make it another hundred feet 
all of our cars make all of those sounds in third world countries. So <laughs> anyway, but yeah, we, we, you know, we've broken down, uh, in, in the midst of operations. I'll, I'll just recall one and maybe somebody wants to recall another one. Um, I recall, uh, we are in, uh, the Caribbean area with the middle of the night where, uh, we're headed to a, a raid of a nightclub, uh, to remove, extract some children, some victims. And, um, you know, the car breaks down. I, it wasn't just a flat tire. TC can probably rock it. It was like we were losing bolts and nuts and everything else, you know. And uh, we here we are in pitch darkness, you know, trying to uh, strap this vehicle back together. And um, what did we use? We used duct tape, right? I'm, I, I know the whole wheel was coming off. Yeah, we used something. Thing. I mean, we used like duct tape and, you know. Chewing gum. Let's just let's wheel. make it sound really cool. <laughs> Stole some lug nuts from other people and places yeah. and pasture back we together. Waved down some vehicles and took their stuff. So, TC, you know, it's easy for us to go, well, I've had a flat tire. But this situation, right, you got people that are going into harm's way. They need you. And, and so you guys fell behind. I mean, was there some communication that went through that? Barely communications. We were definitely in convoy. We had, we had actually performed several ops had taken some of the victims back and we were headed back out into a pretty rough area and um yeah we were we were held up for a bit yep but you know one of our teammates was super good and he like we said you know bubble gum and uh rubber bands and a little duct tape and so alan back. you know if you were to see alan if you were sitting next to him like me you know i, I get a chance to talk to nikita koloff but this guy looks makes nikita look like a small guy <laughs> So am I guessing that you didn't need to jack up the car that you just picked it up? <laughs> well, fortunately, uh, they have uh, tactical rocks, and uh, that's what we more often than not use uh, to get the vehicles up and uh, on a stationary platform to change tires or whatever. And that, that is the truth. That is, uh, you actually look for rocks to, to help jack up the vehicles over there. Or, that's a good idea. You know, that's really quite brilliant. It's like your own jack stands. You can drive right up on them. <laughs> well, it's not like it was an original idea. I only do it <laughs> because I saw other people doing it on the way to these ta these operations. You'll see somebody broke down along the road, and they'll have five rocks piled up and using a stick to jack the truck up with. And it's like, ooh, that's a good idea. <laughs> so so it, did, uh, it, did, it does uh, have value in it to pay attention to the area you're in and, and see how the late the locals operate so uh. so how fun today we are again at the at the men's summit here in north carolina where they are <clears throat> really talking today about kingdom men activated and, and so our hope through this show today you know yeah we'll talk about cars a little bit but for the most part we want to talk about what god is doing around the world and and you you heard at the beginning of, of the show that scene from lord of the rings where King Theoden <clears throat> doesn't want to risk open war, and um, he's told, you know, open war is upon you. Will you risk it or not? Well, when you look in the full armor passage in Ephesians, you know, 6, there's many times, I'm, I'm going to read it for you just real quick so that you'll, you'll, you'll track with me for a minute. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil in the day, and having done all to stand, stand. So you might notice that the word stand comes in there several times. 
So open war is upon us spiritually, whether we risk it or not. And it really is around the world as our eyes are open more to sex trafficking and other things you might be coming aware of in our country and stuff lately that, wow, there's a lot of evil out there. It's seriously evil. So what's my role as a Christian is this open war is upon us, whether we'll risk it or not. And, and here, Paul is instructing us to pray and very specifically to stand. Well, when you look at that word stand in Hebrew, it's a beautiful thing. It starts out with this yud, which literally means here's the hand of God. It's coming down. <laughs> okay, what do you do? You take hold of it, right? What has it got on it? Nail marks. It's got his blood. So as we take hold of God's hand, it's a really significant thing. So as you're standing, the first thing you're supposed to do is take hold of that nail scar hand. And, and the second thing is a, is a zadik, which means righteousness. So when I look at these guys, as I'm blessed to be able to do, these guys stand and, and they, why are they able to stand? Because they know they're right. They know that you're not supposed to take little girls, little boys, or, or take them into slavery or sex slavery. Or, you know, they're standing there holding God's hand in righteousness. And, and then the last letter is this bet, which means the kingdom. So the kingdom is coming. And so look up right? Where is it coming from? It's coming from heaven, okay? And, and so this word stand, if you can picture it with me, is that we're going to stand against the devil. We're going to stand against this evil, which is real, all over the world, coming up against the church. We're going to stand there holding God's hand in righteousness, in his righteousness, right? That hand comes with the blood. It's his righteousness we're standing in, and, and we're looking up because that's where our help comes from. Right, Mark? Yeah. Uh, in reading of that passage, I can't help but think of uh, the team here. First of all, people often ask us, uh, or ask me as well, like, are y'all in a, uh, have you, are you at war? Are you in war? And truly, we're in a war against human trafficking. But each one of us has been in a war since the day, you know, we entered this <laughs> earth. And that's what you're trying to describe there is people don't understand that, the, you know, the devil and those things who fight against us, they want to destroy us, you know, completely destroy us. And we are in a war. But particularly in that passage, it also has, uh, it directs us to put on the full armor of God, right? Yeah. We are four individuals who live a great majority of our lives wearing body armor. Okay, so when we read that passage, we have a real connection to it, okay? Because we know what armor does and how it should be put on and how it what it should address. Oh, how, how fun it, is this going to be? You don't want to miss yeah, this next yeah. segment. It's coming up. We are at the Men's Summit in Kernersville live today. The show is Open War is Upon You, whether you'll risk it or not, even in your car. Stay tuned. This is but a taste of the terror that Saruman will unleash. Ride out and meet him head on. You must fight. I will not risk open war. Open war is upon you, whether you would risk it or not. Open war is upon you, whether you would risk it or not. Today on the Christian Car Guys show, we're so blessed, really, really, to be here live at the Men's Summit in Kernersville, where they are talking kingdom men activated. And, and so as we wake up to the battle that's afoot and, and, and wake up to the evil that we are really born into, as Mark was just talking about, we have Land, the team from Land and Rescue. It's lanternrescue.org where you can find out, wow, how you can pray for the team. If God puts it on your heart to support, which you're going to hear a lot of cool stuff from them. But 
when we left our heroes from Lantern Resco, <laughs> Rescue, or Resco, you know, that's sort of a <laughs> restaurant that <laughs> <laughs> they're talking about opening up for Alan. Um, <laughs> but as we left it, we were talking about, uh, you know, Mark was talking about this, the full armor and what that's like, and, and our tactical guys with Land and Rescue, Alan and TC. Um, TC, you want to kind of explain for our listeners what that might feel like for you? Absolutely. I, I want to segue a little bit and just um, grab onto the end of what you guys were talking about. I think if, if people believe that evil and darkness is going to prevail, and if we watch that and we watch that and we watch that, then you start to get discouraged. But in Romans 8, um, Paul tells us that if God is for us, who can be against us? Like there's zero things that can be done against us. And then Jesus says very, very clearly that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And so we go out as light. And so when we do that, one of the things we do is we, we kind of suit up with an armor, the armor of the day, so to speak. And so we all have kit and, um, depending on the country, um, the kit varies a little, but the, the, the base of the kit is, uh, it's ballistic. Um, it will stop, depending on what we're wearing, it will either stop a rifle round or a pistol round, and we get all we get all wrapped up in that, and so far we haven't worked in any Arctic countries, so it gets a little warmer. Uh, we, we don't smell as good as we did when we started. And Alan's going to talk about some of the stuff we throw on that to make it, but yeah, we, we definitely go out and try. The, the reason is, maybe not that we're afraid per se, but that it actually... It actually prolongs the mission, and it's 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 good for my teammates if I'm whole physically. If I can function, it's better for the crew too. So yeah, we throw it on. Yeah. So uh, what TC's talking about with the armor, you know, you always hear the, the armor of God, and uh, it's really the same concept. Um, most of us uh, on the team have grown up in armor, literally, uh, from the age of 17. I, I was wearing body armor in the military and right into special teams uh, moving through. But that, that uh, armor can change depending on the uh, uh, issues you face. So um, in most countries, uh, we're looking at pistol caliber rounds. So we're using a, usually wearing a soft armor, which sounds kind of cool, but it doesn't breathe very well. Um, None of the armor does, actually, but um, what, what happened uh, in Africa, I guess I can say Africa, right? Uh, we were there last. Um, I, I just came out of a climate where it was like 20 degrees, and uh, 48 hours later, I was in a climate that was 110 degrees, so I didn't get a chance. None of us got a chance to climatize, and uh, we hit the ground running uh, about 100 degrees, threw on our kits, went out and started teaching these people, and all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, getting a little woozy, and uh, realize that, you know, you got to start intaking a lot of water. But the kits, they consist of either soft armor or plate armor, um, and that's usually for your upper torso. Um, most of the time, uh, whether it's a smart idea or not, we don't wear helmets, um, and there's various reasons for that, but... Um, and then we either have a uh, leg rig, uh, which is a uh, drop holster, which accommodates uh, whatever pistol you can come in contact with in that country. It's not always a uh, pristine pistol. It's always something um, other than pristine. We'll just say that. Um, and if there's a long gun, it may not be the kind you're used to. A long gun is a rifle. Um, and these are all... Uh, sounds like we're going to war and you truly are uh, but it is more of a defensive uh, system we have on us not an offensive although we can switch 
gear and, and get into an offensive. But we always go in and uh, try to go in in a less aggressive manner to these things. So we don't necessarily go in with guns drawn, but we do have that ability to go to those tools if, the, if they're needed. So um, one of the things I'd like to bring up is, you know, uh, we try to prepare ourselves as much as we can prior to going to these operations. But um, yeah, I don't know where I heard this at, but uh, God doesn't always send the equip, but he equips those he sends. So when we find ourselves in these countries and we think we got everything covered, sometimes we don't and we have to add to or, or take away from. But God always does equip us uh, properly for whatever circumstances we're in. So. And from a spiritual aspect, when you think about that, you know, as I'm just listening to you, I'm thinking, wow. You know, if if you weren't going up against a really enemy i mean like if you're not up against something serious he wouldn't have you put on armor right it's it, it, it's going to weigh you down for um no real reason so like he's got he's given us this stuff because there's a real enemy and there's real battle that's coming and and you're definitely going to need that right oh absolutely the uh you know that's just the physical uh, armor uh, that we were talking about but th there's the spiritual armor that he more often than not equips us with when we're there. I mean, when you get into these places that are um, very dark, um, you can have a tendency to be blinded by that darkness and lose your mindset on what it is that you're there for. And that's where God steps in and, and opens your eyes to uh, see the girl in the corner uh, or not notice, you know, the, the five other people that are partaking in other activities that are, are less than desirable um, but he, he guides you spiritually to those areas that you need to be in when we're either on an operation in a club or a brothel or, in some cases, the border. I mean, that, that was a whole different spiritual awakening on the border. You know, we're used to working in those clubs and environments. It's, it's very dark, um, very loud, and now we're on a border uh, in a very specific country, and it's, it's lit up, but now we're not used to that. So we're actually looking uh, at people in the daylight that, you know, it's a whole different dynamic, and uh, he opens us up to, to recognize those things. And so we have a young lady with the team, Ren. Oh, we didn't get to her yet, but can you imagine, you know, the armor? How, how, well, you got a second. Tell us a little bit about that. Which part? About how what it feels like for you to armor up when you got these other big guys. You know, you got. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it's. I experience the same thing as the guys do. I go on the missions alongside them and do the training alongside them. And uh, yes, I am quite a bit smaller. The, the funnier experience for me is when the, because the teams in other countries aren't used to seeing a female, so they usually think I'm there for... This is but a taste of the terror that Saruman will unleash. Ride out and meet him head on. Must fight. I will not risk open war. Open war is upon you, whether you would risk it or not. Welcome back to Christian Car Guy Radio Show today. Open war is upon you, whether you will risk it or not. We're live from the Men's Summit here in Kernersville, North Carolina. We remind you that this is your opportunity to call these guys. You've got questions about this. Maybe you wonder, you know, what they're involved in or something like that. This is your opportunity to really call and talk to the team or tell your story of when open war was upon you and you didn't see that one coming. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH is the number to call in, and you know how much I would love to hear from you 
Um, and they would, and the team would love to hear from you. It, it's hard sometimes on radio. You think you're talking to the air. <laughs> so it's always great. When I get a call, it's very, very encouraging because it's like, man, you know, these people are, are engaged and they're listening. So when we left our hero, Wren, with Lantern Rescue, um, she was talking about what it's like, you know, we heard from the guys putting on the armor, but here we have a young lady that's going into this third world country. I, I'm picturing the scene with my own daughter, you know, like, wow, what, what is that like for you, Ren? Yeah, so a lot of times in these countries, uh, when I show up, they're not used to having females in these roles. And uh, usually when I show up, they assume I'm some type of like administrative role or I'm just there to watch or whatever. So when it's when I actually put on my my kit and I start rolling with the guys, it's always like this moment for them where they realize what's going on, and I'm helping them clear weapons and do all that, all that jazz. So it's always a that moment's always kind of interesting and entertaining. Um, but mostly when we're in these countries, if anyone's ever been in a leadership role in law enforcement or, or the military or whatever, you never want to have something that your guys below you don't have. And a lot of times in these countries, uh, they don't have body armor. Our team's the only one with body armor. So then you're in this dilemma of do I put this on and be safe or do I meet them where they're at? So we've been really fortunate and it's been really incredible and God's really blessed our journey that uh, last year a tactical company donated about 12 vests for tactical vests for our team overseas. So we were able to equip them and we've been able, we've been able to equip teams as we move along, but that's definitely a need that we have is we're going into these countries and we as Americans and as our background in law enforcement and the military, we have our own armor, but we're meeting these people that don't. And they're even in light of that, not having armor, they're going into these places where they know there's weapons. I mean, we've done raids and found illegal weapons falling out of the cracks. Like, so these people are doing these missions knowing that they they don't have body armor on and there's weapons there. So it's been great to be able to, be able to equip them with it as well and really feel that happen. And, and you guys talk about a really God story that you're fixing to hear. They recently had this open door in West Africa. And um, tell us about, you know, Frank and what's going on, because I know our listeners are just going to be so encouraged for what God is doing about sex trafficking. Sure, Robbie. Um, I don't, it, yeah, in case they're not connected to one of the other shows that we've done, it's a, it's a fascinating God story. You know, um, our team gets a desire to be somewhere, either as individuals or as a, a unit to operate in a certain area. And that happened to us about two and a half, three years ago. And now, lo and behold, we get contacted to to come to West Africa from an amazing individual. And we're calling him Frank, who uh, his family member had lost three children into trafficking. He watched her suffer with a stroke at the age of 30 because of the distraught in her, in her life, you know, that she had missed her kids. And he had to do something about it. And so within his country, he started to uh, go to the border to try to intercept kids who were being trafficked, uh, being taken to Muslim tribes, being taken to domestic slavery, being taken forced bridal situations, sex slavery. And uh, he, was, he was arrested every day for four months. They kept sending him back to his, his, his city saying, you can't do this. Well, after four months, um, the inspector general of that, that nation called him up, had a meeting with him, said, explain yourself. Why are you doing this? And why won't you give up? And he told him why. And they, their response was basically to say, listen, we've never done this, but we're going to put you as a civilian over our borders in the anti-trafficking effort of our country. And so now the very police who arrested him are now working under him, you know. And 
In fact, his right-hand policeman that we met that who really, you know, does a lot for the IG's office and him was the guy who arrested him. And, um, you know, he's not paid, so here he now has authority. He's just a, a well-meaning individual. He's He's got about seven volunteers who are Christian pastors and other things who are also now going up to the border with him. But he's he's uh, he has no money. He has no car. <laughs> okay, the vehicles that he are all broke down. You know, and he he hears about us and learns through us through our network and 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 also through the UN. And he contacts uh, contacts us. And you know, long story short, we can't believe he's real. He can't believe we're real. We show up in country, and he tells us this is the greatest day of my life. You know, and now we understand why this man has suffered trying to do this work. And so Land and Rescue was able to arrive and, and to immediately get to work, make the, he had all the right relationships within the governments, you know, stuff that would have taken us, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, of hundreds of thousands of dollars and years to develop. It's already developed, you know, and we immediately are able to do what we do. And that is, you know, Alan is, is an expert at that, that we are able to get 15 to 20 policemen, begin to train them, train that intelligence team, and uh, and immediately put them to work, you know. Um, it's just a God thing, an absolute God thing. It's, and, and, and you can imagine, Frank, right, Ren, like all of a sudden you're praying, you're praying every day, God help me, God, because, you know, one of the reasons that these kids were were essentially, you know, taken into slavery is because they were Christians. And, and Frank's this phenomenal Christian, you're praying, praying every day, and then all of a sudden you – God starts coming alongside you. He puts you in this position of authority. And then in walks the A-team. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd call us the A-team, but. Well, if you saw him, you'd go, yeah, that's the A-team. Like, man, I, I, these would be my guys if I was doing that kind of work. I mean, this would be who I would, you know, definitely want to come alongside of me. And, and you found yourselves, right, in this position of training, right, and equipping these people almost immediately. And, and fruit was just right around the corner you guys weren't there 48 hours and you were out there working yeah so the the training and the missions developed very quickly and and that's always great to see because they had the passion we didn't have to instill that passion to rescue victims they had that they had all the gas in the world they just didn't have a car to put it in so that was where we came in is they've got this passion and they've got this authority now at the border and they're already doing these missions the best that they can the best that they know how but they're really just trying to stumble their way around and figure it out as they go. So that's where we came in is we, we do, did the training and we taught them the tactics and how to do investigations and, and how to communicate amongst their teammates and, and, you know, start databases on the traffickers and get these arrests happening and get the kids transitioned into aftercare. And yeah, it was really incredible. Um, it happened quickly. And you go into these countries and there's like their office is literally sheet metal held together by string. And it's incredible that they even have a cell phone, that they were able to communicate with us, and they've been sending us these videos. And, and just how we got there is it's nothing short of a miracle. Uh, it really is. And then, But you guys discovered here's a need for financial, right? You came back, Alan, with this need for $50,000, right, to try to get these people the resources in order to not only obviously rescue the people coming across the border, but they've got to arrest the perpetrators. They've got to have the training in order to, and the intelligence ability in order to make that happen. Yeah, the, the, more often than not, um, my forte is obviously the training side of the house. And when we go to these countries, we usually uh, run into uh, the organizations we're going to train. They're 
fairly fit individuals, younger individuals, and they're of law enforcement background, and, and they're pretty uh, receptive to, to the uh, tactics and training we give them. In this case, uh, the first group I met uh, that I was supposed to train, um, and, I'll, and I'll try and relate it to a car perspective, was a um, broke-down uh, 69 Ford uh, Dodge Dart, you know, or, or whatever. Uh, but it was not the high-speed uh, Corvette or, or Mustang. And, and, and I'm not negating these. These people have hearts uh, that are bigger than mine. Um, but uh, one of the persons was a, a basically a grandmother uh, working on the border. Um, she was probably in her mid to late 50s. Um, another uh, lady was um, larger in size, and uh, she wasn't very agile. Uh, another guy was uh, about uh, maybe 100 pounds, but he was like seven foot tall. And uh, so I'm looking at these people going, goodness gracious, what am I working here with, and what can I teach them to – so uh, it I'm sounds like, like the making of a great movie. Like, yeah, you got to turn them into, you know. Well, and, and that's what I thought going into it. But in, in reality, their um, jobs required them a different type of training that, than what I'm normally giving. So it was more getting into how to defend themselves uh, against a uh, aggressive individual that would not release uh, a victim. So. Uh, once the Lord opened my eyes to, yeah, you can't teach them how to do a double tap and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was more into the hands-on defending themselves and defending the victims and being able to separate the victims from oh, I know the you hate we got to go to a break for this because, you know, we're just getting into it. I mean, clearly. So when we come back, we got more from Land and Rescue live from the Men's Summit. This is but a taste of the terror that Saruman will unleash. Ride out and meet him head on must fight. I will not risk open war. Open war is upon you, whether you would risk it or not. Open war is upon you, whether you will risk it or not. Today on the Christian Car Guys show, we're talking to wonderful folks at Lantern Rescue, which their website is lanternrescue.org. As we were talking about, they were here to raise $50,000 last night for this team in Africa that we've been describing that was the six-foot-tall, 100-pound man and the grandma. And <laughs> but, you know, when you see what they actually have done the, the very first night, there were four rescues, and, and, and what, what, what did you tell us, Mark, that, the, that Frank had felt like during the time he had done this, how many people had been rescued? Like, Well, in making efforts of his own, you know, at first he was being arrested every day and then would go back up. Then when they gave him authority, um, you know, he, he went in it the best way he knew, and um, they, they, were, they rescued about 500 kids in that year span. And it, he probably contacted us eight months ago, about eight months ago. So we were early on learning about his efforts, you know, watching him and realizing he was like, I need help. I don't know what, you know, completely what we're doing. But one thing he does really well, I will say, is the interrogation investigative part. He's excellent at it. I, I spent days purposely in with him, watching him uh, interrogate suspect and then uh and then gain information from the victims they you know and we taught them further how to separate and what to do but 
Um, you know, he did a re he does a really good job. Mostly because of his heart, he's going to pursue it until he gets the truth. He is going to pursue it until he knows this child, you know, is is um, with someone properly or or heading in the right direction. Yeah, that's it's. So obviously, there's needs for these people that are you know needs for equipment, needs for yeah. vehicles, needs you know for more training and 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 simply a budget because when you went there mark right he was at the end of his rope financially yeah yeah he had he had no funding and and uh they were just volunteering they had no vehicles all of that so uh you know quickly the lord provided a vehicle and some motorcycles for them through us uh initially and then um a, a god answer just that happened last night at this event you know, we presented the work in our work internationally, and then specifically talked about West Africa. Um, General Boykin shared and spoke, you know, with us, and um, I explained that that operation to to support that intelligence team and the efforts they're doing at the border, gas and everything. You know, it's uh, surprisingly not a lot, but it is a lot. It's it's about fifty thousand dollars. You know, right? That's and, a, that's and that's a, a tremendous lot. bang on the buck. I mean, for the number of kids that are being rescued, that's tremendous. Um, by the end of the night, they presented us a check last night from this uh, this banquet, $60,000. So, wow. I mean, how cool you know, is that? So, God, God already had it funded, taken care of, because it was a year and a half ago that they asked that this individual said, hey, I want to do a fundraiser for your team. I want to do a small banquet, do something. You know, of course, COVID, it got delayed and all that. And then we end up... You know, in Africa, we learn about, you know, what's the budgetary needs of this and then come back and within a month it's already taken care of. That's how God works. Yeah, but obviously they can still use more. So if God is putting it on your heart, yeah. it's lanternrescue.org. And what they could really yeah. use, every one of the team, Alan, TC, Ren, and Mark, is your prayers. I mean, that's, that's a constant need. So um, Alan and, and TC, we'll let TC go first because switching up mics here but we had a, a question from one of the people here at the summit they're like do you guys ever sense that that angels are among you as as you're going into these difficult situations alan had comment commented on that initially um but and and i agree with him completely at the time you just you're just doing your job you're there you're either you're working on relationships you're working on the work um that is before you but afterwards, and we've talked about this in different ways, God is clearly doing the work, whether it's making the connections, making the relationships, funding, well, all of those sorts of things. And, and Ren has talked about this as well. It's, it's a huge team at this point. But when you look back, you're thinking, ah, there's no way. There's no way we're that good. This is obviously <laughs> God taking care of business. <laughs> So absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. So, so uh, again, back to the angel thing. So, uh, one of the teammates and uh, uh, was on an operation, and they wound up going on a rooftop, I believe, and coming out. And uh, when it was all said and done, there was a guy on behind him with a rifle that could have take, taken the shot on him at any moment in time. And uh, like we said before, you don't necessarily know that those those forces are around you protecting you. But when he looked back, and he was like, "Whew." I could have bought it on that one. And uh, obviously that was, you know, the Lord intervening because he was on a mission and he was going for his objective and uh, the Lord was there protecting his six. I mean, that that's uh, some of the stuff we run into. But again, you don't see it at the moment. Uh, looking back, you, you you realize it at that point. So, Saran, unfortunately, we start to, as much as we've enjoyed this today, we could we go for hours. 
but we're running a little short. So what did you want to make sure you got told to the audience out there today? You know, when you were thinking about, gee, I'm going to be on the radio today live for your first time. That I've, I remember being live with you guys, but what an honor it is, I'm sure, for all our listeners to see what God's doing and to link with you guys in prayer. But I, I know this has been on your heart. You know, again, I should tell you, go to lanternrescue.org and you can get podcasts back from the very first episodes where they tell how they got involved in this, what was on their heart. But what's on your heart right now in this season that you would like our listeners to know? Yeah, so definitely check out the uh, podcast and learn more about our story and what we're doing. But really just, you know, look inside yourself and see if this is a cause that you, you want to support and keep you know, this happens overseas, and we work overseas, and we talk about that a lot, but it does happen here in America, too. So keep, make sure you're being vigilant in your children and the people around you's lives and make sure that this isn't happening to someone you know, and it can come in in the weirdest ways, you know, some boy at school that is trying to talk your daughter into being, oh, he's their boyfriend, and he's older, and whatever. You know, it, it really seems like not a big deal at the beginning until it is. And, you know, there's a huge prevalence of pornography that we're trying to fight constantly in the world. And that is really, really develops human trafficking and sex trafficking and absent fathers and lack of restrictions on phones and all this stuff that you don't think is a big deal. And you feel like you're overbearing when you're questioning the boyfriend or you're looking at the phone, but you're not like you'd rather do that now and upset them than, you know, a couple of years later have to call us to come in and try to help you out. So just make sure that you're staying vigilant in your children's lives and in the people around you. And, uh, you know, if you're wrong, then you're wrong. But if you were right and you didn't say something, then, you know, that's something you'll have to live with. Yeah. Wow. And, and actually today at 1 o'clock, the cure is going to be on with Amy Cabo. She is herself a horrible victim of, of all sorts of sexual abuse. She's going to have a show on that. It's going to be live. You can call in on that, too, where she's actually talking about how you survive because a big part of this, Alan, as you guys know, is, yeah, you got to rescue them, but sometimes they don't stay rescued. Yeah, we talked about that at one time, you know, the, the, the Lord laid on my heart and uh, I just put this out there for everybody how often do you have to get rescued is it just once or is he always coming to rescue you and uh, if you're like me he's just rescuing me almost every day so uh, don't uh, don't think it's a one and done deal yeah and you know again one of the the beauties of what you guys do Ren from my perspective is you're not only rescuing the people that are being trafficked you're incarcerating the people that are doing the trafficking yeah so prosecution is a huge thing that we're very um big about because if you're if you're doing these rescues and a lot of organizations uh, fall short in this aspect if you're doing these rescues but you're not arresting the traffickers tomorrow morning when that trafficker wakes up he's still going to be selling humans he'll just find new victims so it is very important that the prosecution and the arrest happen of these traffickers yeah and again i know we're running out of time so i gotta tell people to slow down because you know jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 <laughs> years but i wanted you to mention there's a website where people can go uh, you know to, to about pornography and this is one of the biggest you know fronts that we're fighting yeah so traffickinghub.org is where you can go and you can sign petitions and see where they're at in the movement to shut down those pornography sites that are using uh, not only images of children but also just pornography in general it's just a it's a snowball that creates a a lot more victims than you'd imagine and it's called traffickinghub.org Okay, their show, again, is lanternrescue.org. There you can listen to all those wonderful podcasts from the story. Actually, you can hear TC's wife and Alan's wife and Mark's wife and and, um, Ren's friends that help her 